Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. And we want you to win. This podcast exists because we want you to be educated on what's happening now, not what worked 10 years ago. We want you to be motivated. We want you to be inspired. Now is the best time to be an artist. It's the best time to be a songwriter because you have more access than you've ever had before. And uh, you're going to need some leverage to get in that room. You're going to need some leverage to get that deal. You're going to need some leverage to get that manager. And this is what the show's about. It's why we called it The Climb, because it's an acronym, Creating Leverage in the music business. I'm sorry, it's an acronym. Creating <laughs> leverage in the music business, and uh, that the wordsmith on that one was my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Annabellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And he also helps songwriters turn pro by teaching the art, the craft, and the business of songwriting. And you can find Brent at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. Hey, and I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. It's an innovative artist development company. They help you find your sound, and they help you find your audience. Not only do they help you develop and improve your artistry, they also grow and monetize your fan base, creating cash flow. Cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. By the way, Andy Griggs is a nutball, but I love him. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. Why? Because there's only one Johnny D. <laughs> What's up, brother? How are you? Oh, man, I'm extra crispy, especially after that last episode. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Me too, brother. <laughs> my week is it's it just doesn't end like it's 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 only Tuesday and I'm not complaining I'm very blessed I'm very happy but I got a busy week mm-hmm. um, so good uh, problems good problems that's right but you know bless me um, <laughs> so let's get to it today's yeah. episode is uh, man three marketing tweaks mm-hmm. that are going to expand your audience immediately awesome this sounds usable. Very this usable, actionable, actionable. That's right. This sounds like this is gonna. If they apply this stuff, I'm sure it's gonna already pay back the cost of this podcast for them. <laughs> That's right. But before we get into that, yes, we've got a. We have review. we have a generous five star review that we want to share with you guys. So we appreciate you guys uh, going into iTunes, Stitcher, wherever it is that you can leave a review. I don't tell your mama right on the bathroom stall. On Broadway, lower Broadway, that actually might be a great idea. I'll so, see it. I'll see it. You. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever you can. Um, and so, yeah, going to iTunes and stuff, it helps raise our visibility so more people see the show uh, and we can help more people. And we want to help more people. So, this is uh, the title of this one is Excellent. And it's a five star review by Dirtmaster81. Dig it. All right. It's, it's okay. Let me. Get ready. Okay, this is a long one. Let me... <sighs> Great stuff. Awesome. Thank you, Dartmaster81. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I thought you were going to do the Jim Carrey thing. Like, <laughs> 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 nope, that was the whole thing. But you know what? 
I agree with every part of it. Thank I you do too. Much, that guy's Matt. a genius. Like he guy. got the dirt on us. That's for show. Sure. That guy's a genius. Man. It's also Size Master eighty one. So no, we do appreciate it. See, you don't have to get long winded if you're not sure what to say. You can just give us however many stars you feel like we deserve, and then just you can keep it brief. It's cool. That's we right. love it. We'll still Big or make small, you famous. We yeah. love them all. We'll still all right. make you famous. So hey, mm-hmm. and by the way, if you like these podcasts, man, spread the word. We got a reputation. Spread it around. Okay, tell some people. Share it on social media when you see us post on our on our social media and uh, we think if you like it there'll be some other people that would like it too and of course you'll look really cool if you're the one that turned them on to it you know like you're exactly. in the know you're in they like I'm making so much more money because of this three tweaks that can massively improve my marketing thank you for turning me on to Johnny D <laughs> and right. you'll be like cool so Take you know on, on that note on that note mm-hmm. um most great indie artists, they have incredible art, obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. experience challenges connecting to new fans because their marketing approach needs tweaking. And I notice I said new fans. And there's a healthy contingent of artists out there that are legitimately trying to market. Like, there's a healthy contingent of artists who are ignoring marketing, okay? And they're mm-hmm. just like, want to get the Actually, record deal. They're they're not that healthy, or at least their careers aren't. That's right. They're, well, <laughs> what I meant was the, was the, I meant the amount was healthy. <laughs> yeah, there's a healthy number of unhealthy they're not careers. Healthy, yeah. There's a healthy yeah. number of unhealthy careers of people that <laughs> right, uh, think yeah. they're going to make a demo and get a record deal. Um, but uh, they're just naively going about the marketing in the wrong way. So if, you're, if you've been spending time on marketing and you've been kind of hitting a brick wall, Here's some 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 tips here that we're going to touch base on that might get you back on track and, and get you into a, a place of growth, into some traction, okay? Um, a keen understanding of marketing is exactly what will put the power in your hands. And when you put that power in your hands, I, I, you guys, I promise you, it's like more than you can possibly imagine. Yes, you, the artist, can hold all the cards if you simply make a few tweaks in your philosophy and the way that you think about marketing. So I wanted to provide some clarity to uh, the indie, on indie music marketing in this, in this particular podcast. So the first thing is that indie artists must understand as basic as this is, difference between distribution marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, distribution is iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, CD Baby, Banzoogle, Deezer, Amazon Music, Slacker, this is where people go to consume your music or to purchase your music. Mm-hmm. It's where your music is distributed. That's right. That's where I can go to find uh, it, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. But um, marketing is why they're going to go there. Ah. So that's the key. So, so you know, putting your songs up on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all these places, that's distribution. And... Um, I mean, it, it, th- think about this. You, you probably made a purchase on Amazon, their distributor, but you didn't buy that product because it was on Amazon. Oh, I have to get it. It's on Amazon. Right. I I mean, it. It's not like you spend your day just shopping randomly through stuff on Amazon looking for stuff to buy. You're looking for something. Right. Listen, if it's in Walmart, I probably need it. So I'm get it. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I'll figure out what I need it for later. <laughs> that's, 
that's right. <laughs> that's true too. Or more than that, like Costco. Like I've never come out of oh, Costco yeah. like less than two hundred fifty bucks lighter. Oh yeah, seriously. But um, it's good. Stuff. You weren't just randomly shopping, scrolling through Amazon web pages, and you came across some shiny thing that made you pull out your credit card. No, you were there. You were marketed to first. So the marketing, the decision. Your purchase decision was already changed in your mind, and then you decided, where do I want to get that? My favorite place? Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's Nordstrom, or maybe it's iTunes, or whatever, but you choose your favorite place. That's where you decide to go and make the purchase, but you decided to make the purchase through the marketing. Yeah, now this may be different from stuff like, oh my gosh, I got a plumbing problem and I need a P-trap, so I'm going to go find one. Music's not like that. Like, oh my gosh. Right. I'm first out of jams. Right. Let me go find a jam. Gotta go find, where's the right jam store? Jam. Where's the That's National right. Jam Company? And I'm going to go find it. It's probably not that way. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's exactly or right. Not it's, enough to build a career on. Yeah, if there you... Because like, I've done that. I've, I've, I, you know, back when it was all record stores, you know, CDs, whatever, uh-huh. I would go out and like, I got an itch. I got to go buy some new album. And I don't care if I've not heard them before. I got to go buy some music because I need some new input. You right, know, I've done that. So okay, so and let me I, ask you a I've question. I've stumbled upon some cool stuff. When you did that, were you just sort of thumbing through the records and the CDs, or did you have a relationship with the guy at the store? No, this was uh, some of it was just looking at the packaging, okay, seeing if it had the vibe. From, you know, they can't catch a sound from a picture in a magazine, as Billy Joel said. Right, but you know, off the CD jacket or whatever. Sometimes, yeah, I, I would. I would go experiment, but. I'm a writer. I'm looking for input. I'm looking for, you know, and I'm a music junkie. And so I did that some. And I've stumbled across some cool stuff. I've stumbled across stuff that ended up not being cool. Yeah. But, yeah, not knowing much. Or or it would be maybe some artists that, uh, you know, had some awareness of but didn't really know their stuff. Like, I'll take a chance on this record. You know, this new guy, Tracy Bird, or something like and that. You are, and you are in the um, – so you're almost like a tastemaker. You're in the um – you're you're like point one percent of the music consuming world is yeah, where you was, reside. You're, was, you're like Tommy. You're like Tommy um, Doucette from the Almond Brothers. Tommy, uh, well, I'll take it. Excuse me. Tommy's Gold the bus. harmonica player mm-hmm. from the Almond Brothers. He's on Fillmore East and mm-hmm. um, good friend of mine. But he grew up with Greg and Dwayne, and he was the kid on the block that had all the records. Oh, he yeah. was the kid in the block that turned Greg on like Bobby Blue Blands, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were like, wow, you know. Hold on. Bless you. Oh my gosh, you got to sneeze on deck so bad. Uh, but <laughs> but that's not what more normal people do, you know. Like for me, right, like yeah, okay, that... now I'm a music junkie too, and I bought mm-hmm. tons and tons and tons of records throughout my years, but I never walked into a record store without it's knowing exactly something. where I was going. What is sound unheard? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like walking in going, I do you have it where you know, where's the new blah blah blah? I go and get it. Now in my town where I grew up, like the, there was two uh, in Whitewater and in Delavan, Wisconsin, or Whitewater and Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, there were two like sort of little mom and pop record shops, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I would go in there and I had relationships with the two people that worked in there because mm-hmm. I was in there a lot buying records and so they kinda knew me and they're like, Hey Johnny, you know, like they knew I love Mother Love Bone and he and that's how I got turned on to Pearl Jam, because that is they, Mother Love Bone with a new singer, you know. They were uh, the recommendation engine. Yeah. Before there wasn't one on Amazon. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, but that, but 
that most people they didn't walk into a record store and just about 99.9% of right. all people don't go to Spotify if just to find something new they're, they're right. going there to find their jam and they suffer through something new because they don't if have they, unlimited skips because they're doing the free version there you go and, <laughs> and if, it's a, if it's a playlist right if right, it's a yeah. playlist and and uh the 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 way that this has to work is, for instance, in that Amazon product example, is that you were marketed to first. You were made aware of the product. Mm-hmm. Then somehow your buying decision was influenced enough to want to purchase it. That's marketing. Then you chose mm-hmm. to go to Amazon to get it. That's distribution, right? Big yep. difference in there. And so I think a lot of people misconstrue those. Um so we have to keep that straight. And I want you to think about marketing your music with that story in mind. Like what is it what is going to get people excited enough to learn more? about you and your music. Putting all your original music up on YouTube is distribution. Mm -hmm. Right. That's not marketing, that's distribution. Um, Big, big difference there. I think I just mm-hmm. put a lot of wind on a lot of people's sales. Oh, man, I've been doing that forever. Nobody watches it. That's right. Right. It's, it's, That's where they go watch it. It's not why they go watch it. Exactly. Yeah. And the only people who are going to experience that music are already aware of you as an artist, friends, family, whatever fans you may already have. Mm-hmm. And uh, this approach is not getting you into growth. So marketing your music is just about making sure that your current fans are aware of any new releases, right? That In that manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but marketing for indie artists especially has to be about finding new people to expose mm-hmm. your music to. So how, you know, now we're asking the right question, right? Like, okay, so who, how am I going to get in front of a bunch of people that never heard of Johnny D if they're going to hear my song, right? Yeah. So as, as ridiculously elementary as that sounds um, to, 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 to some of you, if not most of you, but still you're not using these tools that you currently have in the correct manner to grow your audience. And I, and I see it every day with almost all my indie artists as well as signed artists. By the way, I would venture to tell you right now that like 75% of my roster, if not the whole roster of artists that I have under Daredevil, have better, stronger social media and better, stronger relationships within those social media platforms than every signed artist that isn't famous. A signed artist that isn't famous. <clears throat> Which yeah. is 90% of artists, right? Mm-hmm. That are signed. Yeah. Um, so let that soak in for a second. That's frightening, right? So they, they don't get it either. And, and the labels don't understand it. So you're not, you're coming by this honestly, but this is where we differentiate. This is why we're good, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, one slight tweak in your approach on YouTube going to change everything. Okay, post a video of you interpreting a cover of a pop of a popular uh, that's popular right now, a cover song that's popular right now. That because that cover song is going to generate traffic, and the traffic, well, they're going to be looking for the brand new Taylor Swift song that just dropped yesterday or two days ago. You just mm-hmm. did a cover of it. They're going to stumble across you, and you're going to get a you know a small amount of that traffic, and they're going to watch you, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they're going to love you or they're going to hate you. But you're in front of somebody new, and uh, and as long as you're uh, putting the end cards on your YouTube, right, so they have an opportunity at the end to subscribe to your YouTube channel to get a free download so you can own the information and mm-hmm. watch another video if they happen to love you, then you're now you're getting yourself into growth, right? And this can't be a cover song that 
that's an old and crusty cover song that's one of your favorite songs that you always wanted to sing like because again mm-hmm. there's no traffic going to that original artist's video so you're not the only people that are going to see that are people that are already aware of you so again not something that gets you into growth so um you, you know cover songs big deal and and i've, I've spoken about this but I'll blow your mind because right now there's a lot of people going, well, I don't want to be known as a cover artist, so I'm not going to do that, Johnny. That's crap. But Brent, do you think of Led Zeppelin as a cover artist? I do not. Beatles? I do not. Stones? Wait, I'm I'm not familiar. The, <laughs> the, no, the, I think I think no. you'd recognize them if I said the Rolling Stones. Like, oh, <laughs> how about man. this? Miranda Lambert, Blake, Blake Shelton, Chris Young, Carrie. Underwood, are they cover artists? No, no. How did they? They're co- covered artists. Yeah. How how did you know the the latter half of those come into our awareness? Singing cover songs on TV. Mm-hmm. They weren't yeah. singing originals. Uh, the old school bands, the Beatles, the Stones, and um, uh, Led Zeppelin. They're all British bands. So this makes sense. In America, we only knew them as original artists, but Mm-hmm. First Led Zeppelin record was a blues record, a cover record. First mm-hmm. Beatles record, cover record. First two Stones record, except for three songs, were all covers, and that they were released on Decca in um, in England. So, mm-hmm. um, so we wouldn't have had that experience unless you're deep in the business and you know it. But they're covered. They did covers first. Come on. Yeah, you know? I remember the. I remember watching the uh, premiere episode of Nashville Star. I was, it was probably what, 2002, 2003, something like yeah. that. I was, remember where I was living? I was over in West Nashville living at my uncle's mother in law's house. <laughs> so it was like my first year in Nashville. Uh-huh. And I remember this Nashville Star show was coming on. And I remember Miranda Lambert walking out. I think she had pigtails or something. Yep. And I can't remember exactly what song she did the first time. It was like an older country song. But I was like, wow. Blew you that, away, like, right? Whatever it was, I'm like, there's something about that girl. Okay, so this brings that me to like, the next point. Uh, she got something. And then I remember her later, she did Hurt So Good. I yeah. remember her doing that on the first season of Nashville Start. She, and by the way, she came in third. But the, So yeah, I knew the songs, but there was something about her yeah. that was just star power. The it thing, like, immediately you're like... Oh, wow. So okay. the, uh, we did not rehearse this. We did not okay. rehearse this. But this is exactly my next point, is that when when you when you do a cover that's popular right now, because that's, you know, on TV, it's different, right? Where's the audience coming from? They're watching the mm-hmm. TV network, and right. they're going to watch that show. So whatever cover songs you pick on a TV show aren't going to affect the traffic, right? right? They're going to affect how people like you or not like you, and you can pick mm-hmm. the wrong song for your career. But TV is mm-hmm. different than YouTube. YouTube, the traffic comes from the new releases. Right. Okay? So just understand that differentiation. Because they're searching for specific songs. They're not searching for, like, I was searching for Nashville Star. Exactly, exactly right. Whatever that contained. Exactly I was searching right. for the show. And since you're doing individual songs people are on there looking for individual songs so yes go ahead right so so carrie underwood on american idol it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what song she sings there's still going to be the same amount of people watching american idol right. but what song you sing on youtube is going to be the difference between zero traffic and you know bailey james got a video completely organic 125,000 views she's 14 years old yeah mm-hmm. uh so but here's the, to your point brent because this is this is something that i really wanted to hit on artists 
When you do the cover, and it's happening now, yes, you get the traffic, so people are going to come over, and you're going to start building that up week after week after week, and you have to be consistent with it. But not only are the people that are watching that cover experiencing your spin on a song that they already are familiar with, they're doing it because they know the song already, so mm-hmm. subconsciously, their focus is really on your artistry, on your interpretation of it. That's what blew your mind about Marina mm-hmm. Lambert, because she's freaking amazing. She is, by and large, I mean, I've had this conversation with several people in the last three weeks, mm-hmm. like the closest thing to a real freaking artist that we have in country mm-hmm. music. Like, I mean, at, like from the song, like it's she co-writes everything. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, that double record, Weighted Yeah, Weighted These, these Wings. wings. Un- yeah believable i've listened to that so many times it's so Mm -hmm. good and And the thing about miranda was i mean of course i didn't know about her writing or any of that stuff there was just she just had some sort of that magnetism that was just like uh it's compelling to watch yeah she was like 19 i think at the time something like that yeah it was just like oh there's something there so i didn't know about her you know the writer that she is and and all that stuff. It was just that was still part of the onion. It, you hadn't peeled yet. Exactly. Yeah, but the magnetism was popping. So if you're good on YouTube, people are going to respond, and not for nothing. Like you're going, to, you know, by doing this important work, by doing this weekly work, you're going to find things that people respond to you that you weren't aware of that you possessed. Mm-hmm. They're going to say, "Oh, I like it when you do this. I like it when you do that." You're like, "Well, I don't," you know. I know what that was, right? But they're going to yeah. point out stuff that they really like about you. And if you're reading it very carefully, you're going to find some really good feedback in there. And if you ask them, they'll subscribe. And if you're smart, you'll give them a free download in exchange for their email address so you own the information. We'll get to more on that later. So um, the more that they learn to like you on YouTube, because they want to hear what you're going to do next with the next cover, because you have artistry, because you can sing, because you mm-hmm. can emote, because you can communicate as an artist, um, then they'll be far more li- likely to listen to your original music when they do listen. And you're always getting in front of new people. It's just a big old funnel, right? You get in front of mm-hmm. 4,000 new people every video, so a couple people are going to subscribe, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it just grows. And those people really like you because they subscribed. And that just grows. Right. The next thing you know, a year later, you're like, holy crap, I got four, five, ten thousand people subscribing mm-hmm. and, and and if you own that information you're on your way yeah. um, and uh, this is marketing on YouTube okay this is how to use YouTube as a marketing tool so that's the tweak it's just a simple tweak um, and if you think about it uh, it's no different than American Idol or The Voice right um, we talked about where the traffic's coming from here so Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. To market on social media means getting your content in front of new people that aren't currently aware of you. And this this requires a different thought process and execution and strategy than what you're currently doing in social media, which is probably what you see your idols do, right? What does Miranda do on Twitter and Instagram and Carrie? And what does, uh, you know, Brett... What's his face do? I mean, uh, Eldridge or Eldridge, Parf, yeah, Brett Eldridge, like Michaels. Eldridge, like uh, so. These guys are famous. These are famous mm-hmm. artists. They have their audience, and they are using. So they're marketing to their audience through social media. Don't get me wrong, but what they're doing is they're servicing again the audience that they already have. You know, mm-hmm. what they do on social media isn't necessarily getting them into growth, right? right. But they don't necessarily unless you're like a. You know, a Blake Shelton or someone that is putting out like tweets and stuff that are funny and shareable. Like I'd share it even if it weren't Blake. Like that may help someone, but he's he's so well known. But that kind yeah, of that's thing, a, that's the thing. I mean, with him, I mean he's you know the voice. So well, he's so famous now, right? It's but like he it could someone, fart and people would share it. You know, yeah. But, but, but if it were more of an unknown artist that is sharing really funny, pithy kind of things. Well, that's and and that's content marketing. That would be right. Could help expand, but yeah, mostly people probably aren't doing stuff that that. Right. So 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 here's another tweak. So social media instead of like, so what Brent's touching on is good because that's content. Like, and we try we we're constantly trying to do this at Daredevil. Like, how can we understand our artists better? How can we uh, get closer to their tone? And what can we put out that would be like really fascinating that people that would be shareable. Right, mm-hmm. that other people would say that resonates with me, and so I'm going to be cool if I share that because that's going to make me look cool. Yep. And then they go and they do that, uh, and that's part of the content marketing factor of it. And that gets you into growth. That's good, as opposed to just, um, um, you know, backstage shenanigans, you know, stuff like that. That's cool. Certainly on social media, with you know, if we sort of differentiate it from YouTube, uh, you can take you can take those clips of those cover songs that you do one minute clips and put them on Twitter and put them on Instagram. You should be doing that in between your content so that people understand that you're an artist and they can see what you're doing. And mm-hmm. that's cool. But um, so how do you get into growth on social media though, right? So take off your artist hat, put on a record label executive hat for just a second and you just sign the greatest baby act in the world, the greatest baby artist in the whole world, you. But so we don't get confused here. We're going to call you MC X Factor. Okay. <laughs> that's, nice. That's your artist. So 
I still have the parachute pants from MCX Factory in the 80s. <laughs> but nobody knows about this new artist. So how are you going to get MCX Factor in front of a new targeted group of people who will probably like that artist's music? So let's say that, um, let's just say, you know, you're a rap artist. We named you MCX Factor. So the, the way that you start thinking about this is, you know, there's tons of rap artists out there and they've got faithful followers on their social media accounts, right? But drill down some more. What kind of rap artist is MCX Factor exactly? You know, is it hip hop? Is it rap? Is it like gangster rap? Is it, and I don't speak intelligent on the different subgenres of rap, but, um, right. you know, if... if Left-handed uh, biologist rappers. Yeah, <laughs> right. There's like Christian rappers now. I just saw there these two are, guys that were like Christian rappers that were crazy. Oh. I guess they were hip hop. They were hip hop. I went, I went fascinating. to a... A holy hip hop conference, like with NSAI, several years ago. Really, it was awesome. It was here in town, and there were some guys there. What was his name? Uh, he, one guy had a uh, his album was called Hope Dealer. Oh, nice. He's Hope Dealer. Uh, another one. <laughs> love the the title was Hallelujah at your boy. Hallelujah at your boy. Hallelujah at your boy. Oh, nice man. Did it you see awesome. two? Did you see a set of twins there? By the way. Funny I don't. Chance. Know. It's been a while. Okay, so I got to turn anyway, on these some guys. good people. It was, some, it was fun. So, <laughs> so fun. listen. Find the subgenre, right? And just pretend this: if money and, and connections were no no object at all, if you could pick up the phone and get a hold of anybody that you wanted, what rap artist would you put MCX Factor on tour with? Because the headliner's audience would relate to MCX Factor's music. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So don't look now, but you're in the process of defining your artist's audience, and that's what you have to do. You have to determine who they are first, right, all the way down to the subgenre. And then once you've determined exactly who they are, you've got to find out where they hang out, and then you go there. That's called targeting, mm-hmm. okay? And then MCX Factor would absolutely, let's say he would crush it on tour with Lil Wayne, right, because his fans would love your artist's music. Let's say, M- let's say MCX Factor's got real heady rhymes and stuff like like Lil Wayne like he's I don't know if you've read some of his stuff but he's like a freaking poet dude he's uh-huh. mind-blowing like some of the stuff that he comes up with is hysterical and and I mean like hysterical like I can't believe it's that creative it's genius huh. but then um, if you start following those people on Instagram and start following those people on Twitter that follow Lil Wayne some of them are going to follow you back Mm-hmm. And then if you've got good content on there, like we mm-hmm. talked about them first, but you love them first, you've got to love them first. Mm-hmm. Do something nice for them. You know, we talked about a few episodes back, um, much to my dismay, the most popular episode we've ever had, because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not yeah. mine and I'm competitive. But um, the you know why you're screwing up Facebook because you're not loving them first, right? Like right. you got to go in and give, give, give before you take. So mm-hmm. love them first, follow them first, look at their feed, comment on a couple pictures, and, and be and be honest about it, um, and and get and start that relationship. And you reach out and s- shake hands and say hello. If you want to sell ten thousand records, you got to meet ten thousand people and shake ten thousand hands, even if mm-hmm. it's a proverbial online handshake. A decent of these percentage of these people are going to follow you back. And they're going to hang out if you've got back to Brett's Brent's point in, in you know interesting content. Don't try and slam your mixtape down your throat so your demo. Certainly, for the love of all that is holy, tell them to check you out and discover you with a link to freaking iTunes. Okay, right. Nobody's going to iTunes to spend ninety nine cents to find out that you suck. Right. Not going to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get asked that every day, Brent. You get asked that every day. Um. I mean, I'm busy. I don't 
I really I don't have time to go clicking on videos to yeah. hear three minutes of something. Yeah. Sometimes so for I'll me do that, it if I find a couple extra minutes and I'll and I'll respond, but yeah, but it, it's hard, especially if it's just some randomness, some person I don't have any other context for or relationship with. Yeah, because that time's going to go to people I'm interested in. It's going to go well to people in my songwriting pro group, you know, Facebook group, or in the Climb group, or in the Freddie group, that yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, when when Tim McGraw or Jay Z or ACDC or uh, Lady Gaga, you know, or Jennifer Lopez says available now on iTunes, go and buy it. They've already got a brand name. There's there's a boatload mm-hmm. of people that are waiting waiting to purchase that. You don't right. have a brand name. You don't have a reason for them to trust you or to go and find out who you are. And they're certainly not going to pay to do it. And you've never paid in your whole life to discover a new artist. Mm-hmm. You heard them on the radio. You heard them from a friend who turned you on to them. But you you found out about that artist first, and then you dove you dove in. You saw them on TV, uh, and then you got in. You started becoming a consumer and purchasing their stuff. You know, so mm-hmm. don't go for this the throat, man. It's not going to work. You don't have a relationship. You got to build that. How do you build that relationship? Well, when they follow you back, ask them a question. Thank them for following you back and go look on that feed again. Ask them a question from a picture about them. Mm-hmm. Not how's the weather? How are you doing today? I get that all the time, by the way. Probably <laughs> probably like three times a day. I mean, I'm working, bing, it'll pop up on Facebook. Hey, Johnny. I'll, no, I, I get some of that too. You know, hello? Like, how are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've gotten like one time, three messages, three uh, direct messages or whatever on Facebook. Hey. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm sure you're. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, get to the point, man. I'm out. Like, I'm like, yeah. How you doing? I just want to write back. Gassy. How are you? Yeah. Yeah. Gassy. Look, Gassy. What's up with you? (laughs) I just, I just sharted. I've got to (laughs) go. I got to (laughs) go. Oh, but if you do this, by the way, by the way, if you're let's say let's say that you're following in the example of Little Wayne, you're following Little Wayne, and um, you've already got a common theme. You've already got a common. Mm-hmm. You know that they like Little Wayne. You like Little Wayne, right. right? And so you know why not bust out? Uh, you know, ask them a question about them, get the conversation started, and then direct the conversation towards Little Wayne. It only takes mm-hmm. an exchange or two to do that. You know, and if you um, at least focus on the first exchange about them, it's going to create a solid first impression. This is creating a relationship with somebody new. This is getting you into growth. Okay. And you all are, you know, perfectly happy. Uh, You know, everybody's like, oh, it's so embarrassing. And I don't, I feel uncomfortable reaching out and talking to somebody that I don't know. And then I, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then every single day I see everybody bitching about politics, their personal lives on social Mm -hmm. media platforms to people who don't give a crap, you know, like you don't care when you're passionate about it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I get people to reach out to me on Facebook all the time. Like, oh, I have just some blind in one eye. I can't see out of the other. I'm really sick. Like, life is terrible. I'm like, hello, what's your name? Like, who is this? Like, oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, but what am I supposed to do? Like, people do this all the time. Guys, just start a conversation with the person. You know, you go mm-hmm. to a club, you meet somebody the first time, you know, get over it. You're an artist. Your job is to connect and to communicate. You better mm-hmm. figure it out. The brooding artist in the corner doesn't work online. Right. Well, you know, it's it's that I've heard that, you know, the old story like, 
you know, two people meet and person A is just, you know, asking questions of person B. Hey, person B, you know, where are you from? Oh, man, I've heard about that place. It's great. Tell me more about it. Oh, yo, you, you work there? Yeah, tell me about that. And all this stuff. And you just ask them all these questions. You know, person A is asking all these questions of person B and just kind of they're the focus of the conversation. You have a nice chat. They walk away and person B goes, man, I had such a good conversation with that person. Yeah. <laughs> with person A. Didn't find out anything about person A, but they're like, that was a really nice conversation. I like that person. Yeah, and these are because we talk about my favorite subject. Me, me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are listen. These are baby steps. You're not going to wake up 48 hours from now with 10,000 more followers for doing this, but they add up over time. Mm-hmm. And and these little gains make a big difference. And the bigger your social media grows, and the more you engage with that audience, the more attractive you become to potential uh, new fans and to the industry. By the way, to the music industry. You know, we've gotten indoors. We never would have gotten in with Bailey James this early in her journey because something's going on online with her. Yeah. And that's because they did exactly what I told them to do. Well, because um, it was, hey, I got this uh, 14-year-old girl. She seems great. Yeah. Every uh, day. Uh, <laughs> every day they hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's from the mom, you know, or from the no, dad. No, Stand over here. The sky is blue over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I'll just stand on my porch and the sky's blue over here too. Yeah. So the third tweak here, guys, and we'll wrap this up real quick, is you must own the contact information. What are you doing to ensure that you own everyone's contact information after they've experienced your live show? Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. Most likely. Um, we talked about a big band that's got a big deal that's spent an obscene amount of money on on radio and still nobody knows who they are. I've seen pictures of that band and they're playing in front of like 5,000 people. And I'm just like, <gasps> having a heart attack. Like the things I could do with that band, you know, oh, yeah. just give me 10 minutes with them and, mm. and I will have like, there'll be a lot of people that will know them and remember them because we'll get the information, be able to reach out. They won't walk away going, what's the name of the band again? Well, I don't know. What's we talked band? about it. Before. <laughs> it's like you, you, you met somebody out, Good looking. Oh, I didn't get her name or her phone number. Right. Or I got her name, but I don't have her phone number. Yeah. Dang it. Or she wrote in your hand, but you got sweaty at the end of the night. You got sweaty. You You're right. It. It's like, ah. <laughs> oh. you, know, you, didn't, you didn't get the ditches. They, she left. She was your fan, right? Oh, we hit it off and she's gone. I hope, you know, she can find me later. Yeah. Well, that's not that's not where you want to be. Not gonna happen. She's not going door to door to find out where you live, man. No. Yeah. So you guys, you gotta, you gotta, you've gotta. Step one is social media. You've got to own it though, so that you can reach out as frequently as you want for free. Um, you may have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, but they're not yours. They're Instagrams. Mm-hmm. They're there for you, but Instagram's going to make sure you got to go through them to get it. So these are clever ways to make this happen. You set up a squeeze page. You take text capture when you're doing a live show. Man, if you do a live show and you crush it, you're playing in front of people and you're not walking away with throngs of, of email addresses or, or device IDs or telephone numbers from text capture, you're... You're high. You're wasting an opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't own your social media contacts. So... Um, Social media and YouTube are, are um, amazing vehicles to target audiences and to connect with them and to showcase your talent, by the way, and also uh, good content. But you need to take that next step and own it. And um, I mean, Facebook doesn't allow you know, very few people to see your posts unless you pay. 
And mm-hmm. um, frankly, th- the same thing's going to happen with Instagram, as with Twitter, as with Snapchat, as with every other social media platform mm-hmm. that comes up, because that's what they're, they're there to make money, you know? Um, super inexpensive to set this technology up, but it's the behavior modification. You got to remember, you get so jacked up for your show and you're so mm-hmm. excited, but you forget to ask, man. You can't forget to ask. You get so jacked up when you're doing media interviews. You forget to ask. You forget to tell them, you know, I'm just so happy to be here. I, I just, I can I do something nice for your listeners. Yeah. Awesome. Here's what we're going to do. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what this owning the information is the first step in permission marketing and permission marketing in a sentence is the business strategy that works for every other business outside the music industry, by the way. So it'll work in the music industry too. But it's the strategy that the lifetime value of a fan is worth exponentially more than the 99 cents or the $10.99 that the music industry would have you shake them down for right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So instead of pounding them to go to YouTube or iTunes and get your music for 99 cents and get your single, give it to them for free and get their contact mm-hmm. information and blow their mind and create a relationship. So like a girlfriend, a long-term girlfriend that you really love is more valuable than a one-night stand you don't get her name. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. exactly. And by the way, you can't get back out to them. You know, you can't reach... I mean, exactly. this, is, this is why the legacy Mars artist market exists. This is why there's artists with multi-million dollar brand names that uh, only sell a few thousand records when they put it out now because they're not on the radio anymore and they don't have a multi-million dollar budget. What was the multi-million dollar budget designed to do? Reach everybody and let them know mm-hmm. a new record is out because it doesn't spread like wildfire. Nobody cares. Even with the, right. even with the stars. They care about themselves. If they love that star, they'll get it for themselves, but they're not going to go on a campaign and become a street team member to you know, tell them Tim McGraw's new record's out with Faith Hill. It's up to the record mm-hmm. label to do that, and it's up to you to be your own record label. So that's all I have to say about that. Three tweaks, guys. Get into growth in YouTube. Make sure that when you're making videos that this it's actually going to generate traffic. Make sure when you're jamming on social media that you're getting in front of new people and not just trying to hope that it'll magically expand with every show, go out there and find them, meet them, say hello, love them first, start a conversation back and forth, send them some, you know, some, make them laugh. You make them laugh like you make your friends laugh. They're mm-hmm. going to start to think you're cool. They're going to start to go look at your content and then they're going to dig yep. it. When they say one nice thing about you, you're like, man, you know what? I like you. Here's a free download just because I think you're cool. And then boom, just like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you got your act together on social media, you got some professional images and you got a slamming track and then you do that whole thing first. So their first impression is like you're a friend, that you're somebody cool and they would like you. And then you give them that track and you sound like a national artist mm-hmm. and they, and they, and they see, uh, you know, they see you doing little performances and you, you can perform like a pro artist. Then they think you probably got a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, then they think you or you should have a deal if you don't have one already. And they will line up behind you. They will line up behind yeah. you and love you. So uh, and then the third thing is capture that information, guys. You must capture the information. That's all there is to it. This is what hmm. Amazon does. The airlines, your grocery store. I could go on and on and on. Everybody you do yeah. business with has your information and probably your credit card number. This is where the music industry is going, even though. Most people in the music industry don't know that now, but I digress. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, that's the end of another killer, killer uh, 
the climb episode. As always, you can get my free best-selling Twitter book. Uh, it teaches you how to gain a thousand new followers to, to get yourself into growth every single month. It's at 15 minutes a day. It, that same code that's in the Twitter book works on Instagram, so it's worth it. It's free. You can get it at giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Also, if you are in, uh, if you need, you know, a lot of times it's just the personal touch is all that's missing. And you've been trying to put all this stuff together. It's a lot of information to kind of get all these pistons firing at the same time and in the right order. Uh, and you need some you need some some guidance. So I'm available to you for consulting. Reach out at info at daredevilproduction.com. Once again, production is singular. There is no S. Info at daredevilproduction.com. And let me know and we'll set up a time. I'll look at all your social media. I'll look at your web. If you don't, if you have a web store, I'll look at that. If you don't, I'll tell you you need to get one. One. And um, and we'll we'll put together a, a very personalized strategy of what you need to do to get yourself into growth and to start meeting some new people. I do charge for that. Uh, it's it's not too expensive, guys. Not for what you're going to get. It really isn't. Um, you know, it's not five thousand dollars an hour or anything crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just one hundred fifty bucks an hour. You know, make it happen. You amazed, you'd be amazed at what we can do in less than two hours. So uh, with that, guys, again, this podcast exists because we want you to win. There's lots of great informational, motivational, educational informa- uh, content on here. Share it. Leave a rating and review. Please subscribe to the podcast. We want to see you make a living. So we'll uh, keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. I almost said yours. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.